This is The Future of Money, a podcast where we hope to educate and get educated about the new world of blockchain and digital money. My name is Eric Denboer, and I will be your host. Hi, and welcome again to Blockchain, the Future of Money. Today, we are going to be talking a little bit about NFTs. And with me again, my distinguished friend, Jasper. And we have a new guest. His name is Matt. Well, let's introduce ourselves a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Jasper, still the same person as last time. Uh, and uh, I'm always happy to be here, happy to talk about all of this stuff. Learning new stuff, Yeah, right? learning new stuff, so. Matt? Uh, my name is Matt Gray. I am one of three co-founders of a mobile app called Focher. It's the fastest, easiest way to create an NFT straight from your smartphone. You just moved in here, right? Just recently, yeah, yeah. I, I lived a bit in Arkansas um, up until 2020, moved to Arizona just to ah, be okay. a bit closer to family and work. Um, met my two co-founders while living in Arkansas initially. Um, they worked together at J.B. Hunt and uh, Were you my, living in Northwest Arkansas at that time or? Mm -hmm, okay, mm -hmm, nice. I was, yeah. Uh, me and my friend, friend Patrick, who's, who's now doing all the, all the front end work for the app. Okay. Um, we just happened to live in the same apartment building. We ran into each other uh, with, through some mutual friends and within literally 90 minutes, we're like spouting business ideas with each other. That's so, cool. so yeah, here we are. Yeah, I, I definitely think that Northwest Arkansas is becoming like the new uh, blockchain Silicon Valley almost. Which is interesting. Like, I know that, that, that one company, that like electric car company is like moving here. I can't remember the name of it. But it's interesting that like it's kind of taking on that persona almost that like mm -hmm. it might be something like that. That's super interesting. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Definitely hope so. Yeah. It, when I'm in Phoenix, I... Uh, came here from Arizona and I would always tell people like, yeah, Northwest Arkansas, very awesome place. It's up and coming. And they're still like, oh, like farms yeah, and yeah. <laughs> not much big city. I'm like, oh, you'll see it's, yeah. it's growing quick. It's becoming formidable for sure. Yeah, especially uh, up here, the Northwest Arkansas region. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's go dive into NFTs a little bit. Before we do that though, I wanna just talk a little bit about metadata because the metadata is what is the underlying functions of NFTs. And when you talk about metadata, you have, well, there are different parts of metadata. One of them is descriptive data, uh, metadata, structural metadata, administrative data, reference metadata, statistical metadata, and legal metadata. So, Matt, how would we explain those different layers? Description metadata, for instance, what would that be? Um, I don't know if I can go into each one in depth, but any, any piece of digital content would have a different type of metadata just depending on what's needed. Um, uh, NFTs in particular are typically things called uh, ERC721 tokens, and that's just uh, a name that's saying like, here's the standard metadata that is in that. Um, for an NFT, it would be like title, description, and media link. It would be a link to something called IPFS, and then who owns it, so owner. Mm. And so when you're buying an NFT, what you're really buying is that um, block of information. And then when you buy it, you're paying for that owner to be transferred from their name to yours. Ah. Yeah, so it's it's not just the image itself, but it's all the where it's housed, um, yeah. kind of descriptive information and uh, just everything about it digitally. I actually watched a really good. It was like a short three-minute 
uh, YouTube video on the description. And the way they did it was like a painting. Uh, the description data was more like who, what, where, and when. So it was basically the artist, uh, you know, so where he was born, uh, what what kind of painting is this? An oil on canvas, for instance. Uh, what era was it from? And it gave just a little bit of that kind of uh, information. And then when it came to the, to the structural data, it was like more uh, how the object was categorized. You know, is it a um, uh, you know Picasso kind of style, or is it you know is it an oil on canvas, or is it, is it acrylic or whatever? And then of course you know you got into the next session there, which was administrative data, and that was more of the like the history of it, where where it came from, who made it. Uh, when was it made, uh, who actually owned it. It could be different owners. Let's say it was a painting from 1800. Mm -hmm. So it went from the, the painter itself maybe to a family member, and from the family member it went to someone they sold it to and eventually down to the museum. And that is all this you know, descriptive data that's uh, about this particular painting. And if you look at those different stages, the descriptive, structural, and, and administrative data, that is stuff that you will do in an NFT, if I understand that right. Mm -hmm. So you take those different things and you structure it in there. And then you take that data and you start minting it. And then eventually it will come on the blockchain, mm -hmm. right? Am, yes. I, am I correct? Yeah. Okay. yeah no, well, you have to tell me if I'm wrong, because <laughs> no, if no, I'm that's, wrong, then I'm... That's correct. Yeah, the, the, that set of information is what's actually housed on the blockchain. So okay. the image itself, the, the JPEG file, yeah. um, is not stored on Ethereum or Polygon or wherever your NFT is from. It's just those um, strings of characters, which it says, um, and then particularly one of those for an NFT, if it's housed on IPFS, it would be literally a URL that's just like HTTPS or IPFS forward slash forward slash. And that would be the URL where the image is stored on an external file system. IPFS. Okay. IPFS. Okay. Yeah. What does that stand for? What does it mean? It is interplanetary file system. And it is just a distributed hard drive, de distributed, decentralized, very, very large hard drive. I think the max capacity um, is eventually going to cap out like in the yotta bytes. Um, huge, I don't even know what, how many zeros that means. Um, Crazy. But it is ran by uh, an organization called Protocol Labs. And they run um, IPFS and Filecoin and LibP2P and a few other things that um, is just running the blockchain. Um, it's a very, very, very incredible system. Um, and this goes a little bit into like tokenomics and stuff, but essentially a token is stored action on the blockchain, okay. just like uh, a dollar would be like stored labor. Like somebody did something for this dollar to come into existence. This ah. reminds me of what we talked about the last time, the proof of storage system, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you had proof of work, proof of stake, and proof of storage. So I IPFS mm -hmm. is actually a form of proof of storage. Yes. It is a blockchain all by itself. Yes. It's a distributed blockchain. Yeah. So yeah. it's not just stored on one place. It's stored all over so that if one place goes down, we still have numerous places where it's backed up, right? Yes. If I understand this But right. it's still yeah. connected to a specific like blockchain or like currency, right? Or no, well, it's is a, it spread across can it be spread across any of all like Ethereum and as Ethereum and Ethereum and Bitcoin. Does that make sense? Yeah. Ethereum, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Ethereum. so uh, 
uh, anybody that runs a mining or a pool, right? They they will have the full node. They have to have the full node somewhere. Okay. And then everybody else adds to it. Remember, so so like we were talking about, there's mining operations in in uh, Iceland, right. right? And then so there will be a node there, a full node, and then they keep on mining or you know proof of stake. Someone needs to have the full node running so that you can have the proof of stake, okay. uh, you know, adding to the block, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to deep down in yeah, that yeah, 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 because yeah. we did talk about that last time. Okay, but yeah. that is basically what that is. So now we're connecting these dots in here. Yeah, right? cool. I would like to go a little bit into the just functionality of IPFS. I was just about I think that. it's a yes. super super yeah. cool system. Um, so the the token that runs IPFS is called Filecoin. And you can earn Filecoin for housing information on your hard drive. So if I, let's say I have an extra 64 gigabytes free on my computer, I'm like, I'm not using that. I can just house some IPFS information on my hard drive. And then I'll get paid periodically by just housing wow. that information. Yeah. And that's called proof of space time. So it's just like random. Yes. We talked that's about that okay. last time yeah, too. Wow. Yeah, 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 random, just periodic checks that you're still housing that information on your hard drive. And so our app, uh, Focher, P-H-O-T-U-R-E, um, every single image that you see, it's being pulled from just some random person who's housing some IPFS information. And it's, it might not even be that the whole image is housed on one. It's like, I have six gigabytes free, so I'll t- and this image is 10 gigabytes. So I'll hold six, this person holds four, and yeah. then they'll just kind of pull in the information from wherever it's housed when whenever you like so you click the link right and mm-hmm. then that pulls the information mm-hmm. in then from, it's retrieved yeah wow. so if i understand right from what i read about ipfs is that uh the actually the size of each image is only like 250k it's very yes, small yeah, 10 right? gigabyte image that's so if you take a big it. picture then it gets spread all over the place and then there will be one place that says okay uh, you're looking for this picture here, and then it goes out and find all the information of where are the other ones stored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so you can have a piece of one picture on your machine and a picture of another one, and I have another picture of one, and, and you know, and they're just basically just trying to find where they are. So each storage unit in IPFS is only 250 or 200 and something. I'm not sure that it's, it's in the kilobytes. It's yeah. not very big. Yeah, small images, so, but I mean, images, files, videos, yeah. uh, it's literally just a big file. And if I understand that right too, because I've started noticing that you will have, uh, you know, blockchain-based YouTubes, for instance, like Odyssey. Mm -hmm. They are actually storing a lot of their images and stuff like that on file storage places like IPFS. Mm -hmm. So So other people are using this like storage thing Mm -hmm. besides just like minting like Mm -hmm. uh, NFTs. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about this, if I understand this right, is that if you actually put your uh, your NFT, let's say you, you buy a bored ape or, or something like that, right? Yeah. Then that file will be stored. And if it's actually stored on IPFS and then you can connect your wallet directly to it, then you get away from the fact that <clears throat> it, it's, uh, you know, stored on um, uh, OpenSea or something where they are in control of it. And now you are in control of your own pictures and stuff. So we were talking about yeah. that earlier, right? Yeah, so. but you're saying you have more control by using this system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Real, I was gonna say, re, really, it seems like the opposite. Like if they're in control, like what happens if like, you know. That's, that is the thing, like 
putting that puzzle piece into place is really what like hooked me into Web3 and the blockchain. So decentralized storage, um, let's say Instagram runs off of Web3, Web3, Instagram, whatever. Yeah. Um, and Twitter runs off Web3, it's Web3, Twitter, or whatever other image file place. So the database that they're running off of is not Facebook servers, it's not Twitter servers, it's Ethereum. Ethereum is a hard drive. Mm. And so that's where they're pulling the information from. So if you are uh, connecting your wallet and then everything in your wallet is showing up on, on Instagram, what's really happening is you're connecting your wallet to Ethereum and then Instagram is connecting to Ethereum and pulling the information there. So right. if you make a post on Instagram, it'll show up across all other ones. And if Instagram doesn't, if Instagram were to do something you didn't like, then you can just take your content off and put it somewhere else. It would have the same timestamps. Uh, and even like for social I see, media. I see what you're saying now. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah for like social media, um, like your followers and the people you're following, they would be following your wallet, not your Instagram account. Dang. And so if you go off Instagram and go to another platform that's also building on Web3, you don't have to start from square one. You have the same followers, the same followers. Ah, and, this, and the payments or okay. whatever, you know, is connected to this is actually going to you. So if someone mm -hmm. likes your video and they say, hey, I'm going to pay you because I liked your video or whatever payment yeah. system there's in, it's not going to YouTube or Google or whatever or Facebook. It actually goes to you and your wallet because you own the content. Okay, this is interesting when it comes to like advertising, right? So mm -hmm. like could a company say like if, if I own my Instagram, like how you say, like and a company says, hey, Jasper, like I want to do some advertising with you on your Instagram. Could Instagram get in the way or of that and be like, that's okay, but like you need to pay us a percentage of that? Uh, that's a good question. I, okay. I, I think they potentially could. Okay. Um, but again, like Instagram, uh, like Facebook is about to launch their own metaverse project. And I think their take rate that, is going to okay, be so like 47% or oh, something wow. like that. Um, so I, I would imagine that it'll be competitive. Just the fact that like okay. there is no lock-in. Like once I'm on this social media platform for years, like this is just where I'm at for yeah. forever. Um, like the, they would have to have some sort of like competitive rates. So it's like okay, they'll I just see. take one percent. I see. And this one's taking half a percent. So I'll go. I'll just go publish over here. Mm -hmm. I see. And, and the thing is, like the, these, like Meta or Facebook, mm -hmm. you know, they might be able to say, "Hey, we will provide you with a platform. You can put whatever you want on there." and then we will then just take a small percentage of whatever you make. But the information isn't theirs anymore. No, it's ours, it's which it's is like the big thing, right? It's basically for you to stand on, yes. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. But one thing, you, you're mentioning uh, Ethereum all the time, but I do know mm -hmm. Cardano has NFTs. Yes, yes. And yeah. uh, Solana and Polygon. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about that a little. I know okay. that you, what platform are you guys using? Uh, Polygon. Polygon. Polygon is is the big one for us. Um, huh. There's a, a lot of really cool things about it. First of all, it is an Ethereum layer two. Um, so, what does that mean? Um, <laughs> uh, so transactions happen on Polygon, and then settlement happens on Ethereum. So okay. the relationship between those two would be like Ethereum is the cash drawer. And then Polygon is the waitress that's running around gathering all the, all yep. the coins, doing okay. all the transactions and settling it back in. Um, I don't want to get like all the way into, into the tech, but it's something called 
uh, zero knowledge rollups. Okay. Where they would bundle a bunch of transactions and in, into one transaction yep. and then put it back on Ethereum. So that is, it's a scaling solution because yeah. I think the original throughput for Ethereum was like uh, 30 transactions per second or something really, really low like that. Mm. Um, and so that's why minting and all that would cost so much is because like you're competing to get this piece of information through onto Ethereum and you would like pay higher gas fees for it to happen faster. Yeah. But that makes sense. Polygon, uh, I believe it's 65,000 transactions per second. Wow. So minting on Polygon costs less than a penny, where on Ethereum, if you wanted to make an Ethereum NFT, oftentimes it could cost more than $50. And so if you, if you, want, if you want to do this in a very simple way, it would be like if, if I mint something on Ethereum blockchain here and I want to mint it directly, it's going to cost a lot because of the gas money and everything here. So what I do instead is I go to Polygon and then we do everything here. And then once in so often, Polygon will take all of these things that yeah. will be done here and send it over here and split the cost on, on everybody in here. That, makes that would sense. be the the easy way to explain it. Obviously, there's a lot of tech going on in yeah. between there. But just to, you know, to understand the whole function there is that we take everything and put it in Polygon. And then once we have a whole block of things and we divide up the cost here, then we send it over to the Ethereum and then we do it over there. So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a cost, uh, oh, cost yeah. thing. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the idea of minting because mm -hmm. y your tagline in your photo and your app is that you, you're the fastest way mm -hmm. to mint an NFT. Yes. And so like explain to us what that means and how are you guys the fastest? Yes. Uh, minting <laughs> is quite literally just, just publishing, uh, mm. publishing to the blockchain. Okay. Yeah, and we are the fastest. Um, a, a big thing that was kind of a hurdle, especially in the beginning, was just UI. Um, a few years ago, if you wanted to mint an NFT, like you had to write some lines of code to do uh. it. Um, so we got the process down. Um, our uh, front end guy, Patrick, is super talented with just like making things super easy. Like, um, the I ideally, people would be able to understand completely how to do everything just because of, of like UX. They don't have to, yeah. you know, read a bunch of text boxes yeah. and, and do all that to, to get it done. Um, but yes, in Focher, you can create an NFT, open your camera, take a picture, hit the mint button, and then all those co lines of code that you would initially have to write, we've already done that. And so like wow. we're doing it programmatically. So that your app automatically turns like a picture into these like mm -hmm. codes and then mm -hmm. disperses it through Uploads this. Uploads it to IPFS. IPFS. Yep. Okay, I'm tracking. Can, I'm tracking can you now. look at the pictures or, and stuff like that first and say, okay, well, I took five pictures and this is the best one. Mm -hmm. This is the one I want to send. Or let's say a video. Oh. That mm -hmm. if you do a video, uh, you know, let's say we're doing a video of us sitting here talking, yeah. but there's some other pieces that I want to edit out. And then once I've edited it up and I say, okay, this is what, what I want to send. And then once it's sent, this is it. Now it's done. Yes. Yeah. You can upload from camera roll directly. So if you have a picture or video that you've already, you know, taken through Photoshop and like done all the editing and stuff you want to, you can just import it in and then we upload it for you. Okay, do you are, is it is it limited to um, photos right now, or can you do like I, I know like people can have like NFT albums and like mm -hmm. all that sort of thing. Like, can y'all do that? We are building out collections. So okay. right now in the feed, um, the whole feed is just one collection. That's the Focher collection. So uh -huh. if you're uploading it, 
um, and you go look at it on an outside marketplace, then you would see all the photos uploaded to the feed is in the same collection. Mm. But a big thing that we've working on, like shout out to these guys, it's, I have no idea how they do it, but <laughs> they're doing it. Um, where you can go in and push a button and all that code to write your own collection and upload that wow. is being taken care of. So, so yeah, it's, it's coming shortly uh, within the next couple of weeks. Just look for the update button. Let's go. You'll be able to to start publishing. That's exciting. Your own collections. Yep. Okay, so you you said like there's a feed. So on the app, is there a feed of all of the picture like people that are using the app of like NFTs that they've mm -hmm. published? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. How many users do you guys have right now so far? Uh, total downloads, I think we're approaching um, approaching twenty thousand downloads. Let's go! I just downloaded. So. Yeah, uh, <laughs> average average uh, daily users is somewhere between three and four hundred daily users. Um, yesterday we had close to seven hundred. So something. Moving quick, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I know the time is flying. Uh, I do want to bring up one thing, we, because we're talking about NFTs, is that uh, the dark side of NFTs, and I, I, I've been looking into, because everybody talks about how NFT is super cool and all that kind of stuff, but there's also a little bit of a dark side in it, because they're using NFTs in gaming industry. Uh, a, ver a very good example of this is Axie Infinity. And the way they've done it is that people in the in you know in United States and stuff like that, we will have the money to buy the NFTs. Uh, little the Axie Infinity basically is like little creatures that you you buy this little creature and then you can go and fight with them or you can breed them and all that kind of stuff. And and you have to start by buying one of these features or, or creatures, and then they fight with each other and you start making money and stuff like that. And and since this is a blockchain based and it's, you can play 24-7. But what have happened here is that people in, in our society have the money to buy all of these, but they don't have the time to play all the time. So what happens is that they will go to other countries, uh, often is uh, India or, or I can't remember if it was Thailand or you know some of these countries, where they're starting to have people there playing for them. So I will buy the the nft creature uh -huh. and then this person will come in and play for me and you know they have to make or invest a little bit of money in this and all that kind of stuff and the thing is that what happened uh obviously in the beginning this was really good because if i owned nft and i keep playing and my my stable of little animals starts growing i would make the money uh, but these that are players are getting pay too and some of these players that were playing all the time they were they were making more money than would make in a month right oh wow and uh so from what i understand what happened was that there was a huge hack recently with 600 million dollars or something that was lost oh dang and unfortunately the people that got hurt by it wasn't the guy that actually owned them it's actually the people that are playing it and so it's going to hurt the, the the always hurting the 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 poorest, you know. And that is uh, so that I, if I understand this right, they're trying to change things like that. But uh, we were talking about the cost of NFTs, and I'm going to move away from the gaming situation. Mm -hmm. But the cost of NFTs, for instance, was uh, I like like the fact that Polygon and and uh, actually Cardano is doing the same, mm -hmm. that the cost of it is getting less and less and less because it was really expensive 
for someone in Nigeria or somewhere to do something on the Ethereum blockchain because it could cost you a couple hundred bucks to just put something on the on, on the blockchain, right? Mm -hmm. So I actually have a, a good friend of mine in Nigeria and I taught him how to start minting on Cardano and all that kind of stuff. And he was driving Ubers and, you know, trying to get by. And now he's starting to do it on Cardano because it's so much cheaper well, and stuff. That's what I want to talk about. Like, how do you, and, and it seems like your whole, the whole purpose of the app is to like make things more simpler. And I feel like a lot of people, what people really want with like the NFT and the cryptocurrency thing is like, how can we make money, right? You know, so I'm curious, like, how do I actually, how does someone actually go about like making money when it comes to like doing the NFT thing through you guys? Um, eventually we are uh, going to build out a marketplace okay. that's on the roadmap. But for, for right now, you know, we are Web3. And as we were talking about earlier, if you come into our app and create a collection, yeah. it's available on any marketplace that's running on Polygon. So okay. you can go okay. to OpenSea, it's just automatically published. Okay. Yeah. This Polygon have a like, are there a lot of open marketplaces for Polygon right now? Increasingly. 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 Okay. More and more Poly Polygon, um, I have a strong belief that, you know, um, I think uh, any any large marketplace, they're eventually going to start adopting, you know, Cardano, Polygon and yeah. know, all the all the side chains. Do um, does does Polygon share marketplaces with Ethereum? Does that make sense? Yes. OK. Yeah. Yeah, they do. OK. Um, so like a marketplace can just decide to accept Ethereum NFTs, which means they're just starting to look into the Ethereum hard drive. Right. Or start accepting Polygon and they can just be looking at both. Oh, nice. So, OK. Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of information there. It is it? a lot of information. Yeah. The thing with NFTs that I really like about the NFTs is because you're taking all this metadata and you, you squish it together and stuff like that. In the end, the NFT actually stands for an identity. Yeah. And that is the that is the important part. That you know, we can talk about, you know, minting NFTs or uh, you know, the gaming world or, or all of these things. But uh, remember last time we talked a little bit about this car that had all of this information, the metadata yeah. information there, and in the end, you minted it, and it comes on a platform, and that's the identity of the car, Yeah. right? So to me, the real, real use case for an NFT, non-fungible token, as, it's, as it is, is the identity part of it. Yeah. And once it's, it's put on a platform, uh, either you know, Cardano, Ethereum, Polygon, or whatever it might be, it stays there. And because it's immutable, it always will be there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think that is the absolute most important part of NFTs, I think. Agreed. So I got a question for you. Okay. Are y'all thinking, of, is there a way to add a, like, can y'all become a marketplace as well as like producing NFTs? Does that make we're sense? Consider it's a bit down into the roadmap. Okay. But yeah, we're we're thinking about it for you, sure. You're talking about something in the metaverse. Itself, yeah. Okay. Right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. can you, I can like, see where you're I'm, going. I'm curious. Like, can mm. you like, you know, if if your app is like essentially like a like an Instagram, right? You can mm. see all the like photos, like NFTs that have been like dispersed or created and published on you guys' site like mm -hmm. could I be able to like click one and be like oh yo like I want to I want to purchase this one mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean can we talk about that like a, a little bit like is that, that's how because that's how you like make money with it right like mm -hmm. you you see an NFT and then you like purchase it and then once I purchase it what happens um, I'd like to go back to what Eric was talking okay. about. Like the real um, thing that excites me about NFTs is that like 
it's housed in your crypto wallet. And so your crypto wallet is like your inventory and then NFTs are like items in your inventory. Okay. And so you can have art in there if you just appreciate good art or like you were saying, you can do uh, like gated access. Yeah. So like in the metaverse, let's say there's, you know, this one territory in this one game, only if you have this NFT in your inventory, then you can go here. Ah. And so same thing we're doing for like gated collections. Um, if you have this NFT, then you can contribute to this collection. Um, I see. But yeah, going back to your original question, making money, there's like, um, I think the the main use case that everybody thinks of right now is like flipping art because that was just kind of the first one that got pub, uh, public um, and popular, but there's, you know, buying gated access that could- that I like could that, yeah. yeah. Would you call CryptoKitties art? Crypto Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I was going to agree so. with you that. Yeah, I'd say because so, that yeah. would be the first NFTs, really. Mm -hmm. If you talk about NFTs, what's crypto. a Crypto Kitty? Uh, look it up. Okay. All right. Crypto <laughs> well, Kitty. Yeah, and everybody out there, look it up. It's interesting. <laughs> um, interesting stuff to to, to think about. Mm -hmm. um, uh, anything else we need to talk about? Not that I can think of. I think it's a. I know this is a huge. I mean, we we, we could probably go on forever because yeah. we can divide yeah. this up in smaller pieces and then just go into that little piece of that world. Mm -hmm. We did we did talk about the metaverse and uh, I do I, and I, I agree with you that I do think that NFTs is going to be used in the metaverses in all kind of ways, mm -hmm. more ways than we think about. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, we're we're talking about art, but you know, you can uh, eventually in the, in you can have an avatar that is you that you minted that is your nft mm -hmm. and you will be able to take that avatar with you like we were talking about oh, all yeah. the different kind of platforms mm -hmm. and again to go back to what we said before is that you know what i see is a, is a hurdle right now is that we need to figure out a way to go from one platform to the other platform mm -hmm. we need to be able to take an nft that is made on cardano uh, and then easily move it over to a metaverse in Ethereum, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, and I think those are hurdles that we are, well, I know the people out there are working on it. Yeah, we're trying so, to solve. Yes. Mm -hmm. I was anyway. Your app. It looks dope. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> it looks super easy to use. <laughs> I think we are running out of time. I just want to end up saying, as always, uh, feel free to call us and... Uh, and we really appreciate questions. So, you know, there are no stupid questions. Keep on asking. And until next time, see you guys. Boom.